uh, and real. Uh, and uh, I, I'm glad that we've got examples in our lives of, of uh, men and women that have been faithful to God and we have seen God work in their lives. And that's a blessing, you know, so, uh, so thankful for that. But Hebrews 11.7 says this, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today, Lord. We thank you for its truth, Lord. I pray that you would help me to be able to preach. Help me, uh, Lord, today to be able to uh, to give the truth of your word. And Lord, that your Holy Spirit would touch each heart, every situation, wherever they're at. Lord, I pray uh, if there's any loss that they'd come to know you before it's too late. Lord, any uh, questioning, they'd find answers in the truth. And Lord, I ask that you'd help us to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. So the, uh, you know, today is Father's Day, and uh, there are many fathers mentioned in the Bible. You know, there are some good examples and there's some bad examples, just like when you see in life. You know, we, uh, we've already mentioned that. Uh, uh, and there's no perfect example of a father, uh, uh, of a human man uh, that's a father in the Bible. But I believe that we can uh, look at some traits and uh, uh, just like in, in our life, you know, none of us had perfect uh, parents or different ones in our life, but we can take uh, those godly traits and we can say, you know what? Uh, uh, that's what I want to copy. That's what I want to continue on. And that's why I want to look at Noah again, not a, not a perfect example, but a great example, I believe, of an obedient father, uh, a father that was obedient to God. And I believe it'll help us today. Uh, and kind of like what I said at Mother's Day, uh, if you had a Christian father when you were growing up, I, uh, if you had one, then you are privileged today. You know, the world likes to talk about privilege uh, and they'd like to throw out a whole bunch of different things, but I'm telling you what, if you had a Christian father, a Christian mother today, you lived a privileged life. And here's the other thing, because uh, uh, many of uh, people, like has already mentioned, had unbelieving fathers, had ones that weren't loving, ones that weren't even around, uh, that didn't take the biblical role of spiritual leadership in the home, and sometimes that was left for the mother uh, to do, but I'm telling you, uh, you were privileged today, and if your father is still alive, today in a Christian, you are double privileged today. You need to say thank you to him uh, before the day is over with. But uh, you know what? If you didn't have a Christian father, Psalm 68 says this, sing unto God, sing praises unto his name. And one of the many reasons is because of this, he is a father of the fatherless. Aren't you glad uh, that even if you didn't have an earthly father that lived right, that acted right, you've got the, your God, the father that's there to fill that gap in your life. I'm thankful for that. And then uh, in one of Isaiah's prophecies of the coming Christ, we say this at Christmas time many times, uh, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, yeah. the Prince of Peace. You know, one of the things we've had to bury many fathers, haven't we? Uh, many of them, we've had to have funerals. Uh, uh, many great men of God, we've laid to rest uh, and they've gone home to glory. But aren't you glad we have an everlasting
everlasting Father. Uh, if you're saved today, uh, it doesn't matter what happens in this world. He's faithful and we're thankful for that. I'm glad we get to see Him one day, aren't you? You know, we, we sing and we talk about the splendors of heaven and heaven's going to be an amazing place unlike anything we've ever seen. But I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we can set all the splendors aside. I can't wait to see Jesus Christ. I can't wait to worship Him. He is the attraction for me of heaven. Uh, it's Jesus and I'm glad uh, He's an everlasting Father. Uh, but God isn't the only example of a great uh, uh, a great Father and godly Father. Uh, like I said, I believe we're going to look at Noah today and, and see. But before we dig into Noah, I believe it's important to uh, if we can just take a view of what it looked like in Noah's day. You realize we can do that? Because the Bible tells us what it looked like in Noah's day. And that's Genesis chapter 6, if you want to turn there or not. But it says this, Genesis 6, verse 5, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But then verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, so you think about uh, Genesis 6 tells us in Noah's day, it was exceedingly wicked. It was a wicked world. It says that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And then God in verse uh, 6, uh, or, or it grieved him in his heart in verse 6. God said, I'm going to destroy man in verse 7. And if it would have ended there, we'd have no hope today. But aren't you glad that it begins in verse 8? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the midst of wickedness, in the midst of judgment to come, there is grace from the Lord. And I'm here to tell you today, we look at our world today, we look at our society today, I believe we see pretty much the same scene that Noah saw. Right? The same thing. Right? Let me ask you a question. Are you seeing today, when you turn on the news, and I, I've told you many times, you can't leave that news on. And in fact, you might not even want to turn it on at all. Uh, but are you seeing today that every imagination of the thoughts of men's hearts are only evil continually? Doesn't that sound like today? Oh my gosh, they're inventing new ways to do evil today. That's what they were doing in Noah's day. Jesus in Matthew 24, 38, he gave us another clue. Uh, he said that uh, people would be more concerned or were more concerned in Noah's day than where they would go eat and drink than to consider their own sin or that one day they would stand before him in judgment. Ooh, doesn't that sound like today, right? Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to drink? Where are we going to get married? Where are we going to party? Where are we going to do this or that? Where are all our plans? Not even thinking about eternity at all. Jesus said that's the way it looked at Noah's day. He could say the same thing today of us and it would be true. But you know what blesses me? Even in a world surrounded by wickedness, evil men everywhere, deniers of God and everything else. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. See, we know he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But the next verse in verse 9, it says that Noah walked with God. You realize that's important today because many would say, Mike, it is too evil today. You know, it is worse than when I grew up. It is worse than when our our, our parents, it's worse than, uh, you know, Larry, uh, my father-in-law loves to 
to watch Andy Griffith, you turn on that show, it is nothing like Andy Griffith anymore. I don't know if it really was back then anyway, but uh, it is nothing like that today. And you're saying, Mike, it's too wicked. We can't serve God. No, no, we can't say that. Because Noah, in the midst of that same wickedness that we're seeing today, he walked with God. And if Noah walked with God in the midst of wickedness, then you and I can walk with God in the midst of wickedness. Praise God. I'm glad we've got examples today. We're not alone. We can walk with God. We can live godly and righteously. And God will bless that. So the Bible says that a man is a spiritual leader of the home. Uh, It's in so many verses over and over again. Uh, And now more than ever in the church, we need husbands that are willing to take up that role. That will walk with God. That will lead by example so that the whole house can see that and walk with God too. We need that today. You know what else we need? Not just for fathers, but we need Christians that will be courageous. Right? Christians that will go against the majority, uh, the majority that says everything's okay, and we're saying, you know what, we're going to live righteously, we're going to live by the Bible, we're going to walk by faith, we're going to stand on the truth. That's what we need today. You realize men have been doing that throughout the Bible. We've got many examples of men doing that. Again, none are perfect. Just like if you watch all of us, none of us are perfect either. But you look at those things where you see God really working in somebody's life and you say, wow. Man, look at that. You know, we talked about Sunday school. Uh, I've seen some men that are just tremendous soul winners. And I'm nowhere near the level that they're at. And I look to that and I say, you know what? I want to get closer to that. That's a good thing, right? Not that I'm jealous of them. Not that I, you know, want to be a copy of them. That I see what God is doing in their life. And I know it's God's will to do that and say, you know what? I need to challenge myself to get closer to that. And that's what I'm talking about today. When we see a witness of, of a godly man. But you know what? I believe the secret of Noah's walk, we already talked about it, was the grace of God. Right? God will give us strength. He'll give us wisdom and courage. He'll give you the words to say when you're trying to witness. He'll give you those opportunities to witness. And He'll give you love and patience in your heart. And He'll do that all for free. That's what grace means. Unmerited. You're not doing anything for it. It's just free. And I'm glad we have free grace. But that word grace encompasses so many things. It's everything that you and I need to serve God each day. Everything we need to walk by faith. And do you realize all we have to do is ask Him? And He'll help. You ask Him, He'll help you with everything that you need. Daily grace from God will help us accomplish God's will. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you know what our time of need is? Every day. Right. Once we realize, I tell you what, I, I became a better Christian when I realized I need God every day. Every day, because there he is. I don't always ask every day. I don't always, I sometimes fall back on the old ways and try to have Mike take care of it. But I'm here, if we're honest, we need him every day and he will supply your needs uh, every day when you call on him. But let's go back to Hebrews 11, 7. And what's it say at the beginning? It says, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. 
So here's what we say. Noah, remember, he's walking with God, right? That's what it said. He, he walked with God because of God's grace. And now as he's walking with God, one day God warns him of things that he hasn't seen yet. You know what that tells me about Noah? That gives us a little more clue into his life. He didn't just walk with God. He listened to God. Right? He listened to God. Because if he didn't listen, there's no way he would have heard the warning that God was telling him. And I'm here to tell you, a whole lot of Christians tell me that they have this real close relationship with God. You know, yeah, I'm real close with Him, filled with the Spirit and everything else, yet they're not even listening to what God has to say. Hmm. You want a person, I've said it before, you want a personal message from God, you want a personal revelation from God, it's right here. It's, it's written to you. You can get something out of it every single day that you need. But here's the thing. If you're not listening, if you're not opening up your ears and your heart and your mind to what God has, it doesn't help. They don't listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. They don't read their Bibles. And they don't like it when people preach all of the truth. Right? The part that stings. But we need the whole Bible. Here's the thing. You and I have Bibles everywhere. Right? Bible's on our phone, Bible's on the shelf, all through the house. But do you realize it doesn't do any good if you don't open it and read it and study it? Does you no good. In fact, you know, a lot of us have Bibles on our phones. And I looked at something yesterday, and it, you know, it's always dangerous when you do something like this. But I have an iPhone, and I'm sure about half of us do have an iPhone, or the other half has an Android. And I can tell you on an iPhone, all you have to do is you hit settings... And you hit screen time and you hit see all activity and you see where that Bible app is on there. How many minutes? Ooh. You may not want to do that. Right? Because we say, I've got the Bible on my phone. We've got a lot of things on our phone and you see where it ranks. And I'll tell you, if it was like me, how many minutes were you in the Bible app and how many hours were you in something else? Well, right there. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm sure on the Android you can do the exact same thing. Just might have to push a couple different buttons. But here's the thing. We've got Bibles. But what good is it? It's no good if we don't open it up. What about a Bible-believing church? Man, I thank God for this church. It is a blessing. It has helped me. I've grown up in this church. It, it, it has helped me to where I'm at today. But what good is a church like this that preaches the truth if we're not listening to the teaching and preaching? Does you no good. What about this? If you're saved today, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's a blessing today. You've got God inside of you leading and, and guiding you and directing you and teaching you and everything else. But what good is it to have God in your heart, the Holy Spirit, if you don't listen to what He says and you're quenching Him? No good. It does no good. It does no good. Are we listening to God today? Are we listening to Him? You know, it's easy for me to say yes. It's easier for you to say, well, sure, I listen to God, Mike. Okay. If you listen to God, where was it in his word this week that really spoke to you? Where were you reading that? Right? You're listening to him. Where, where was it? Can you tell me? Can we get in a good conversation about it? Man, I, Mike, I was in Hebrews 10, and man, I, I hit this verse, and it really blessed me, and I could say, well, praise God. Or are we saying we listen to God and we're really not? Anyway, 
For Noah, God gave word to him as a warning. He said, there is a new judgment coming, something you've never seen before. A worldwide flood is coming. Uh, This is totally new. Uh, And it took faith for Noah to believe that, right? Uh, Noah, uh, uh, to believe that it would rain when it had never rained on the earth before, uh, it would have taken faith for him to believe that. Faith for him once he heard what God said. And that's the next part. Uh, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Not only did Noah walk with God, not only did he listen to God, but when he got that warning and when he heard that judgment was coming by flood and God told him to build the ark, it says he moved with fear, a godly fear, a reverence of God, and he prepared that ark. You realize Noah had a choice. He did not have to build that ark, right? He didn't have to. He could have dismissed God and said, there's no way, right? Uh, He could have made excuses. I'm way too busy to build that. You realize it took him about at least 100 years, somewhere between 100 and 120 years, they think, to actually build that. He could have said, you know what? I'm too busy. Or he could have said, Lord, that boat is too big. I'm going to build a smaller one, right? I'm going to build my own boat, uh, a different one that I like better. Or, you know, maybe this. God, I I don't want to build an ark, but let's build a tower as high as we can. That way we can just get to heaven ourselves. That's what they try later, right? He, he had a choice of what to do. But you know what he chose? He chose to obey God and do what God called him to do. And he prepared that ark. You and I have the same choice every day. You and I have the same. God isn't calling you to build a giant boat. He's not calling you to do that. But he's calling you to walk by faith. And calling you to trust him. And calling you to and saying, hey, man, there's something that big that God wants you to do. And like I said, that boat took a hundred years to build. So Noah would have had to been faithful over and over again. Constantly faithful. He didn't quit when things got hard. He didn't give up when frustrations came. He didn't do that. He had to keep pressing on. You know why? I believe he daily trusted God by daily getting grace from God. And that's the same thing we need to do. Knowing that the same God that helped Noah do that is the same God that will supply our needs as well. But in the end, you see what happened? He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Yeah. What a blessing. You, you see what that says? It was the obedience and faithfulness to God that saved Noah's house. Do you realize it was nothing else that Noah spent his time on? Do you realize we get our priorities mixed up in this world a lot of times? We think we put our priorities and things we think are important, but right here, what saved the house? It wasn't all the other things. It was his faithfulness to God over the years. And I believe the same thing is still true today. Fathers, you know what will help lead your children to the Lord, we've got a lot of children here, is if we are faithful to God, they will see it, they won't see perfection, but they will see where we are trying to do what God's called us to do, we are leading uh, the family as best as we can, and when we mess up, we just ask for forgiveness, and we say, you know what, we're going to pick our cross back up and keep going, that is what, that's what changed his house, and that will change our houses too, it will, And here's the thing, once you get to the end of the story, the only ones that heeded Noah's warning was his wife, his three sons, and their wives. 
Eight people. Out of their guessing, it could have been a billion people by that time on the earth. Wiped out, except for those eight. That's why it's a, as a father, it's our spiritual, it's our first priority spiritually over our own homes. But it's the hardest because they see us every day, right? Those ones when we try to witness to our friends and our family and, and our coworkers, they see us so much. It is harder, but this is where we can say, hey, you see my flaws? You realize he died for me knowing those flaws. That's how much he loved me. Right? He didn't just save me and expect me to live perfect after that. He saved me knowing I wouldn't live perfect after he saved me. That's the God that you need to get a hold of. Use it as a witnessing opportunity. Noah walked by faith. And his children saw it. Let's keep going. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. That's the next part. You know what else he was doing during those hundred years of preparing the ark? Uh, and you think of how big it was. Uh, it was, uh, if you've gone to the ark down in Kentucky, it's 510 feet long and 50 feet high. It's enormous. You can see it from a long ways away. And you're thinking of he, a lot of places in that area where he was at, we don't know exactly where he lived, uh, but that area there uh, has a lot of flat places. You'd have been able to see that thing for miles as he's building it, right? Once he gets the kind of the skeleton of it you're going to be like what on earth is he building and then you get close enough and and they're thinking I'm sure some of them thought he was crazy to build a boat in the desert Uh, but Noah's obedience to God was a constant reminder to them that judgment was coming and that the God was real but not only that 2 Peter 2 5 says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So as he's building the boat, he's also telling them the truth. What's he telling them the truth about? Well, if it's righteousness, he's telling them, hey, there's sin. There's unrighteousness. And when you sin, that leads to judgment. Right? And the only way of escape for them at that time is this boat I'm building. And it had taken faith for anyone to get on that boat. And guess what we're doing today? We're trying to live a life that's different from this world so that they see it. You know, someone that lives a Christian life, a spirit-filled life, you know, this world can spot us a mile away because we're different. But that's a good thing. You know what we need to do? We need to say, hey, I'll tell you why I'm different. Not because I turned over a new leaf. Not because I've got this uh, five-step plan. Because of Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus is the reason that I'm different. He is the one that I realized one day after hearing uh, that God's Word said, I am unrighteous in the eyes of God. That I'm a sinner. That I realized that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. And that I, I trusted in Him and called on His name for salvation. And He saved my soul. And when He did that, He made me a new creature. Right? That's what we can tell people. We're different today. He confronted the world about sin. He didn't compromise. He didn't tell them there's multiple ways to get away from the flood. He said, this is this ark God's told me to build. This is the only way out of it. Right? And what's sad is later on, once him and his family get in, God shuts the door. And that's it. No one else is getting in. No one's getting out. That was it. 
And the flood came and judgment came and people died. And I guarantee as the water started to rise, they were heading to that ark as fast as they could. And and I'm sure they were trying to claw and get in and everything else. But they all died in judgment. And it's a sad picture. It's a horrifying picture. But the same picture is true today. If you die lost without Jesus Christ, you will open up your eyes in hell and in torment. It's the truth. This world needs the truth. They do. It'll offend them. But you know what? A little bit of offense down here is much better than opening their eyes in hell and being stuck there forever. They need the truth. So here's the thing today. Whether you're a follower or whether you're a father or not, we can look at Noah's life and we can challenge ourselves to live obediently. Remember number one. Noah walked with God, right? That's the beginning. Are you walking with God? See, to walk with somebody, if you and I are going to walk together, we've got to go in the same direction. We've got to go the same speed. We've got to start at the right place, the same place, and we've got to end at the same place. That's the only way we can walk together. Guess what? You're not telling Jesus where to start and finish. He's telling you where to start and finish, right? He's the one leading us. And we're the one that needs to walk with Him. The direction, which direction do we go? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We look to Him and we go in His direction. Are you walking with God today? You can't be walking with God if you haven't asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. That's step one. Then you walk with God. And if you're walking with God, are you listening to what He's saying? Hmm. Oh, I'm with you. I don't know how many times I've been studying God's Word, trying to get a message for you guys, not for me, for you. And I hit something, and it hits me. I have a choice. Right? We have a choice. We can skip it and keep going. We can excuse it. Or we can deal with it. Are you listening to God? He's talking. If if you'll listen, if you'll really listen, He will talk to you. And Noah obeyed God. When you hear something, when you read something that God's telling you to do, will you do it? Hebrews 11 is full of verbs. Actions. That's what faith is. Faith is putting uh, that, 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 that salvation, that trust in God. It is doing something with it. For Noah, it was building the ark. What is it for you? What's it for you today? Are you obeying God? And then to do that, are you operating by faith? That's what Noah did. He had to trust God for everything. He was in a bad place to build a boat that big. Right? He, he should have been in the forest, right? He should have been where all the trees were already at and everything was already there. They had to bring a lot of stuff to him. That's why I think part of why it took so long. He would have had to go get all these things and God would have helped him every day that he asked for help. Realize he'll help you as well. I've said it before, serving God isn't the easy way out, right? It's the best way, but it takes faith. And not only that, so maybe you're walking with God, you're listening to God, you're obeying God, you're operating by faith. Noah condemned the world with his life and with his preaching. What about you? Does the world feel comfortable in their sin? 
If they come into this church and you feel comfortable in your sin, we are not doing the right thing. Now, we will show you love and compassion, but I don't want you to leave here the same way you came in. I want you to find Jesus and find salvation and repent and turn your life because that's what the Bible says. But are we doing that? Are we telling the truth about sin and judgment and mercy? Because do you realize if he never preached righteousness, there would have been no need for them for that boat. Why are you building it? That's silly. Because judgment was coming. Right? He had to preach it. Guess what? People love to talk about heaven. They don't realize how to get there for real. Right? They don't realize where they're really headed. They need the truth. And then finally... You know what it says at the end? He became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. You know what it doesn't say at the end of that verse? It does not say that Noah became heir of the righteousness by his works. It doesn't say Noah became heir of the righteousness because he built the ark. Because then we could do something to uh, to get salvation. We can't do anything. It says by faith at the beginning. And it reminds us at the end of the verse that it was faith at the end. Right? Righteousness of Noah. Because again, Noah didn't live a perfect life. Noah sinned after he built the boat. We see another some sins that he committed. But I guarantee he committed sin all the way through. And God continually was forgiving him. Just like you and I. But I'm here to tell you. I am not getting to heaven because I'm the pastor. I'm not getting to heaven because my name is on the membership. I'm not even getting to heaven because I was baptized. I am getting to heaven today because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ was applied to my life when I admitted I was a sinner and I called on his name for salvation. It's his righteousness. It's never been mine. It's never been yours. Because you and I will never measure up to his righteousness. You can't. He became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So if you and I are going to make it to heaven, it's not because of what uh, any acts or any rituals or anything else. It's because we trusted in Jesus Christ to save us. Do you trust God today? And do you believe what the Bible says? And today, Romans ten thirteen says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No restrictions, no limitations. You just trust Him and call on Jesus' name. And you'll get righteousness too on your account. Not by works. Not because you did some grand thing, but because of what Jesus already did. So let me ask you a question. I know uh, I directed this at the beginning at fathers, but it's really any of us, anybody. How are you measuring up? If we look at the obedience of Noah and what we know about his life, how are we measuring up? And you can say, Mike, I'm falling short today. And you know what? That's a good thing if we just admit it. We're falling short. That's okay. You're saying, well, what do you mean? Yesterday is past. Half today is over, right? We can't change that. And don't let the devil get you to focus on what you failed in the past. Today we can make a change. Tomorrow we can live differently. And if you haven't been the father you should be, you can make steps closer to the father that you need to be. Right? The one that God said. And how do you make that step? I'll tell you what, just like anything else that God points out, if we realize we're falling short, the past is over. 
right? We can't change it. it uh, we can ask for forgiveness and we can move on. But you know what we need to do? We just need to kneel down to God and say, God, you pointed something out in your word. You pointed something out in the message. It is true. You are right. I'm without excuse. I've sinned against you. I've fallen short of your standard. Lord, help me. Every time I've ever done that, he's helped me. Now, it's not a magic thing where all of a sudden I become super spiritual and perfect. No, it is a slow, slow crawl closer to the Lord. You've heard me say it before. I would be closer to God if it wasn't for me. And that's the truth. I'm the one that slows him down, not him slowing me down. But every time we get something, we just need to say, God, you're right. Help me to draw closer to you. Help me to be what you called me to be. And guess what he will. And that is what will make a difference in this world. Because you're saying, Mike, my family sees how I am. They do. Let them see changes. Right? Let them see. Yes, they see your faults and failures. But how about if they look back a year, two years, five years and say, hey, I've seen a difference in that. I've seen a difference in mom, right? I've seen a difference in, in, in brother, sister, friend, co-worker. I have seen God working on their life. And then you can tell them once more, it's him. It's him. You see any good thing in me? That's the Lord. You see any failure? That's the real Mike. It's me. I'm fighting him every day. Some days I do better than others. Guess what? The days I do the best are when I rely on God. And that's the truth. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. I like that ending, don't you? Yeah. And you're saying, well, Mike, I remember the failure afterward. I remember the drunkenness and everything else. It's not in there. Praise God. It's not in there. You don't see it. Oh, I can go back to Genesis and read it. It's not there. God says, you know what I saw? I saw him working by faith. I saw him being obedient. I saw him warning. I saw him moving with fear. I saw his house being saved. And I saw all of that, him doing it through faith. The same is true for you today. Sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. The Lord, if he's forgiven it, he's not even as hard on you as you are on you. Hmm. We're going to open up the altar today. Maybe you need to come today and ask God for help. If something has hit you today, you need to ask Him to help. You can come to the altar, you can pray at your seat. But I would urge you to pray now. Now's the time of salvation. Now's the time of conviction. Right? Now's the time that He'll help you today. You're saying, Mike, it's hard. I know it's hard. And it's impossible to do on your own. Man, I wish I could just get that lesson in my life and have it hammered down forever. That I can't do it on my own. But I try over and over again, brother. Over and over again I try. And it fails. But I'll tell you what never fails is when I get honest with God and say, this is what I'm dealing with right now, God. You already know it. You already know it. You pointed it out to me today. But I know you love me today. And you're willing to help me. Lord, give me the wisdom. Give me the help. Give me the grace. And he will today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never admitted you're a sinner, there's no more important choice to make in your life than to choose Jesus Christ. 
He died for your sins on the cross. But it doesn't do you any good unless you believe in it and you admit to Him you're a sinner and you pray to Him and ask Him to forgive you of your sins. You do that and you will be saved. But if you've never done that, you're not. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. We can go through. If you want to talk with me after, I can take you through verse after verse that shows you what the Bible says how to be saved. Any other way is not going to work. But that one way through Jesus is all it takes. If you don't know him, I'd urge you to come. Aren't you glad? Noah was obedient. We can be obedient too. We can be obedient. He'll help you today. He'll bless you today. And who knows? Who knows what will come out of it? For Noah, it was a saved house. Maybe it'll be your workplace. Maybe it'll be your best friend. Maybe it'll be your house. Maybe they need it. What a God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for its truth. Lord, you're a good God and a merciful Savior. Lord, I thank you for watching over us. Lord, and I pray if any of this is hit, Lord, I pray that we would deal with it. Lord, draw closer to you. That's all you want, is you want us to continue to move in your direction. And Lord, I thank you that you're a patient God, a God of second and third and fourth and multiple chances. Lord, I'm glad that you pick us up. You cleanse us off again when we uh, stray in the wrong path. And Lord, I'm glad that you've saved us not just for a short amount of time, but forever. And Lord, I thank you for your love and your mercy and your patience. Oh, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the uh, the men and women that are leading. Uh, I thank you for the children that you blessed us with. I thank you for all the many things you're doing in this church. You, We can just see you move each day. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take more steps closer to you. Lord, fill us with your faith. Lord, fill us with desires uh, to reach the lost. Send revival, send laborers, and everything we pray and ask in Jesus' name. And amen. 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 You may be seated.